0: Hello, beautiful souls. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I just want to remind you that I'm running a two-day live feminine immersion in Gold Coast on the 6th and 7th of August called In Her Wild. And this is going to be a really potent two days filled with personal transformation work as well as being held in a beautiful sisterhood where we're going to be diving into the mindset, the embodiment, the energetics of Eros, sensuality, self-confidence, emotional expression, and all around everything that really encompasses personal power and reclaiming your untamed feminine spirit. So if you feel called to jump into that, I'm going to pop the link down below so you can join us. And really, the event encompasses a lot of what comes up in today's episode. So if you feel very drawn to what comes up in today's episode, um, then I really invite you along to this beautiful immersion. Other than that, let's dive into the episode. What's up, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Life Uncaged podcast. I am your host, Emma Zia. And I have with me a very special guest today, my beautiful friend, um, Krista Teer. So welcome, Krista. Oh, I'm so happy to be here, beautiful. I can't (laughs) wait for this conversation. It's going to be phenomenal, I feel. (laughs) yes. So Krista and I have known each other for, I think it's been like over a year now. We met like towards the beginning of last year. And I think as soon as we met, we just instantly connected. And I think a lot of what we have been through in our lives is quite similar. So... We've been speaking kind of back and forth on WhatsApp and things, and I think that this is going to be a really powerful and potent conversation. Mm. And today is going to be all about creating a dream life so that you can have it all. Mm. And so I'm... (laughs) Juicy. (laughs) And I was just saying before we jumped on that this is something that so many of my clients say to me, so many people say to me is I want to have this successful business and the relationship how do I have it all? How do I have the health? How do I have the wealth? How do I have the happiness? Like, how can I create it all? And it's kind of like we've grown up in a paradigm of so much black and white, this or that, right or wrong, that we feel, especially as women, and this is something we can dive into, especially as women, it's almost like we feel that we have to choose one or the other and that it's impossible for us to hold it all. So we're going to be diving into that today. Mm. So to give you a bit of a professional bio for Krista... (laughs) Krista is a high-performance specialist and business strategist who specializes in coaching coaches, business owners, and entrepreneurs in creating six- and seven-figure businesses. She helps thousands of people from all over the globe to unlock their potential as heart-centered entrepreneurs and guides them to create the life and income they desire through her vast life experience and her ability to conquer and create change. Oh, that last sentence. (laughs) That last sentence. Oh, so... Before we kind of dive into today's session, I really just want to speak into the collective energies a little bit. I know that you've been going through a rebirth yourself. Um, I feel like I've been going through something very similar. And I think as a collective, there is this rebirth, redirection, recharge situation happening. And so I think this conversation couldn't happen at a better time because there are so many people that are feeling a bit lost, confused, stuck. They're deep in the resistance. There's a lot of identity shifts happening, a lot of needing to redirect and reinvent themselves. So I'd love it if you could kind of speak, you don't have to go into detail, but speak a little bit about, you know, roughly what you've been experiencing recently and, and how you've kind of come out the other side.
1: Oh, it's been massive, sister. I, the, the one way that I can sum it up is my commitment to truth has enabled me to have that illuminated in every aspect of my life. And that's the truth in totality, the harsh truth as well, right? It's almost like I asked for purity and truth and everything that is not that has been stripped away. Mm. So I really feel like it's just been in my experience and I do feel at a collective level, there's almost just this shedding that's taking place. All of the things, and I think this ties into what you know, we'll be delving deeper into, but all of the things that need to be removed in order for us to experience this life that we all know deep down inside of our soul is available to us and for us, everything that is not aligned with that is being illuminated so that we can remove it. But the thing is, people have so much resistance to the darkness, to looking at the shadow, to delving into those unseen territories. And so the, the process for them becomes so much more excruciating than it needs to be, right? So... Um, I guess, in that process for anyone that's listening, the greatest gift that you can give yourself is almost like taking a bird's eye perspective and seeing that everything that you are now noticing in your reality or within yourself or within others is there for your best and highest good.
0: Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said about truth, because that's very. Prominent theme in my life right now. Yeah. This is one thing that I've realized is that whenever we go through working through the resistance, going into those shadows, looking at the unknown, and and you know, the the stickiness that's really holding us back from what we desire, I feel like once you work through that resistance, you see your life from a completely different perspective. The same yeah. people will be in your life, but you'll see them completely differently. The same job, you'll have the same job, or you'll have the same circumstance.
1: Yeah, but
0: the perspective that you see it from is completely different. It is that bird's eye view um which I think is really interesting and this is why I think it's so important that people understand that the truth is the path to evolution and transformation yeah and sometimes it is going to feel delightful and delicious and it's going to be like oh I finally see it now oh my god this feels so good and sometimes it's going to be like shit I finally see it now there's stuff that I have to take responsibility for there's stuff that I have to let go of and so it really takes a lot of courage to go through this process. And I really do feel like that's, you know, what a lot of people are going through right now. Mm. So for anyone that might be struggling to look at those shadows and go into that darkness and look at that resistance,
1: mm. what would
0: you kind of say to them? Do you have any advice or guidance to help them um, cultivate the courage to do that?
1: Mm. I think that oftentimes, you know, we, we set an intention of what we desire to experience in this lifetime And then that process to reach that destination is very different to what we expected, right? And I think throughout everything that I've recently traversed, there's almost like this knowing of where I am going without a shadow of a doubt, with ultimate belief, with steadfast faith. And then in that, knowing that everything that is unraveling, all the darkness that I've had to traverse is just the journey that's getting me there, right? We can make these big declarations. We can make these declarations to see truth and to live a life of purity. But it's almost the question of, okay, what do I have to undo in order for that to be my reality? So I think just the gentle reminder of what you're asking for is on its way. It is on its way and if you just allow yourself to sit and bask in that knowing but then be okay with what that journey looks like and surrender to it and trust it and face off with it, then there's going to be a whole lot more ease in the process.
0: Mm, I love that so much and I always say when we declare, we must prepare.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: people don't realize that's the thing they're like well I want all of this money or I want all of this success I want all this recognition it's like okay well anything that doesn't match that high vibration will come to the surface to be purged to be looked at to be brought to resolution and so when we declare we must prepare and I know especially with me in business when I say okay I'm ready to go to a higher level of service Mm. or I'm ready to serve deeper in my purpose or I'm ready to serve you know this pool of people in this way I'm like all right, I better strap in because (laughs) I'm going to go through my own purging process and healing journey in order to actually get me to that, that thing, because whatever we ask for is given, right? Yeah. So I think one thing you you mentioned there, which was like surrendering to the process is so, so important because when we go through this rebirth process, there's often this void space. There's this darkness. There is so much unknown, exactly as you said, like you need to trust it. And I think one thing that whenever I go through awakenings, upgrades, identity shifts. One thing that I always keep reminding myself and anchoring back into is to just be so present with what is right now Mm. and to still hold the trust of what is coming and what is what I am becoming. Mm. Kind of trusting in that walk. So one thing you said was about what do we need to let go of? And one thing you said actually when we were um, voice noting was it's not so much what needs to be added to create your dream life. It's what needs to be removed. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because that's oh, a beautiful quote.
1: <laughs> yeah, yes. Oh, I got goosebumps. So, So I really feel that, you know, so many people think creating your dream life is about what you can add to it. You know, getting the new car or having the beautiful home or getting the relationship or, you know, changing something external from us. But the truth is, and in my experience, at a stage in my life, I had all of that. You know, I had the beautiful Louis Vuitton handbag and the car and the house of my dreams and everything that I thought I needed in order to live this dream life. But the truth is, I was still so miserable. And I know that so many people can relate to that because it's almost like we're looking at all of these pieces that we can add to fill this void that's within us. Mm-hmm. And what I experience now is so vastly different. While I've got all of those things, there is such a sense of peace and happiness and pleasure and joy, not in those things, Mm. but just in my intrinsic state. Mm. And so I believe that it's a matter of removing the layers, shedding the identities, really collapsing the beliefs that hold us back from experiencing heaven on earth right now. Right. And maybe that is, you know, the addiction to suffering. I've actually experienced that with my clients on a really regular basis. How many people in fact are addicted to suffering, right? Or how many people fear life getting too good because they're so concerned that it's all going to be taken away or people having this um, belief that if they have the business, they can't have the relationship. If they have the relationship, they can't have the finances. And it's almost still, sacrificing some area of your life but what if we could have everything that we desire in every aspect of our life to ultimate perfection what if that was possible and I even anyone that's listening to that I ask for you to just allow yourself to feel what comes up within you the lack of belief in that you know the non-buy-in into perfection because I feel like there's so much speak about duality in our reality that it's almost like this bypass from achieving the life that we want oh it's got to be bad if it is good or it's got to be low if it is high and while that is true through some seasons I believe that all of us if we're committed to evolution if we're committed to ascension if we're committed to getting to that place of enlightenment or at one with God We have the ability to experience ultimate perfection. And that's not necessarily necessarily from an extrinsic perspective. Perfection is the ability to meet every circumstance, every person, every event, anything that appears in your reality with steadfast foundations of your own knowing. Mm. And being unshakable in that, right? Like truly unshakable, meeting every single one of those things with compassion, love and understanding. And that's how we ultimately achieve the life that we dream of.
0: Mm, that's mm. so powerful. I love mm. that. <laughs> and those listening, you might want to just rewind that a little bit <laughs> and listen <laughs> to that again. And I think you've touched on something so interesting because addiction to suffering, this was a big realization in my life, is when I first started doing speaking gigs, because my spiritual awakening was so painful for me, and I experienced the opposite of that afterwards, which was the magic and the pleasure and the alignment and the, the beauty. I had this belief that our pain is our power. And this belief that we find so much personal power when we go through pain. And I do believe that that is true to some extent. Yeah. But I realized that even me speaking that out loud and me teaching that to others was so limiting. Because really? then I'm saying to myself and affirming to myself, well, if my power is in my pain and my pain is my power, then I have to go through pain to access my personal power. Totally. And that's not the case. And that's just because that was my experience of it, where I really went down to the depths of my darkness. And I did a lot of the dissension work and the psychological foundational work. And mm. then I felt this rise and this ascension and this, it, it almost like moments of enlightenment that you can't even put into words. It's not even yeah. something you can speak about. And so that's where that belief came from. So I really had to look in and be like, that actually isn't a whole truth. It's not a complete truth. And really anything in this reality can't be a complete truth because it's contextual. It depends on the context you put it in. Um, And also one thing on that note as well that really came up for me is I felt that things had to be hard to be rewarding.
1: Oh, and that's so common, babe. Mm. So many of the business owners that I work with I say to them, what if it was to be easy and the more that you cultivated and allowed your pleasure and your happiness and your joy and your liberation to come forth, the more you magnetized everything that you want to you. Because I think especially in the context of entrepreneurship, it's like the harder we work, the harder it is, the more hustle and the grind that's, a, you know, that's, that's embodied, the more that we're deserving and worthy of all of the money in the big business, Right. Mm-hmm and I've been in business for 16 years and I used to live and breathe that belief, right? I had four brick and mortar businesses prior to stepping into the coaching space. And all of my success was merely based on the fact that I had to work 16 hour days. And if I didn't work that 16 hour day, well, I wasn't worthy of receiving anything. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now I'm at this stage of my life where what I do prioritize is the energetics. What I do prioritize is all of the things that allow me to feel exuberant amounts of pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I prioritize the work within myself. And as a result, people come to me so effortlessly wanting to work with me merely based on the energy print that I leave in this world, mm-hmm. right? not the amount of times that I post on social media or not the amount of times that I do speaking gigs or yeah.
0: I actually remember when I did a speaking gig for your, for your group. Yes. There was one thing I said that was the biggest feedback at the end. Everyone said that this was the biggest takeaway and it was something along the lines because the masterclass was about soul centered success. And I remember saying that you, as you are right now, is completely enough in this moment. Like when you converse with someone, when you show up to your client calls, when you, that is a gift in itself. There is nothing you need to be, do, or have that is more than what you are right now to be able to transform someone's life. And I remember they all said that that was the biggest takeaway. And they're like, oh my God. And it's something so simple, but we believe it has to be complex and hard for something to be worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so detrimental. And one thing, as well, when you were talking just then is I definitely think it's the paradigm that we're in because we've kind of shifted into this toxic masculinity. Well, we've all been socialized into this paradigm of more toxic masculinity as such. And we're really seeing the shift recently from the hustle to alignment, which I think is really interesting. Do you feel that being a woman, it's also slightly different? I don't know why I feel like I want to speak into this, but almost like as a woman that we need to prove that we can work hard and be wealthy because, you know, like not that long ago, we couldn't vote. We couldn't be educated. We couldn't work. Our voice wasn't considered legitimate. So it's kind of like as women, we're carrying all of these generational um, glass ceilings with us as well, that we're really breaking through. So what's your perspective on that? Oh,
1: 100%. And I think that, you know, for a large majority of my business journey, I was literally in competition with only men. Like I didn't have anyone else in my circle or proximity that was a successful entrepreneur as a woman. So, you know, how I witnessed success being created was through that masculine way of doing it. You know, the hustle and the grind and the working long hours and not to mention that I was also a single mum trying to do that. Like the balancing act was real. And so I think that, you know, we're getting to this, this stage, and it was, it was quite interesting. This was quite a pinnacle moment for me where I've really started to embody on a cellular level my beliefs of everything getting to be easy. And I had a conversation with one of my friends the other day who was wildly successful, has a massive business, and has done it through the way that I used to do it, through hustle and grind and working really hard and sacrifice and pain, really. And I had a conversation with him the other day, and I just landed these pieces with him about. What if it just gets to be easy, brother? Like what if it truly gets to be easy and by you actually letting go of the reins is the one thing that magnetises it all to you? And he had this huge moment of like, that can't be real though. And I feel like it's our role as the feminine, now that we are really in this place of rising and coming into our own, that we in fact get to be almost like the lighthouse for the new right? It's like up to us. And that's a huge responsibility. Like that, that's really quite big. <laughs> but the question that I would ask, if you do feel discomfort in being that pinnacle to show other people a new way of being, a new journey that we get to embark on, the question that I ask for you is how, how does that show up in your life? Where do you sacrifice what you know to be true to merely fit into that herd mentality? Mm -hmm. right because that's what I found myself doing you know in the past was when I would engage in conversations with clients where I knew that I was in an authoritative position and they would take on my advice I was comfortable with it right but when I would have conversations with people that had created as much success as me or more success than me I would in fact allow myself to fit in this mold of something that I knew was outdated Mm -hmm. instead of coming forth in truth And going, no, actually, like I'm the embodiment of this being true, that there is an easier way. Mm. So the question that I have is where does that show up in your life and how can you fully come into your own and find confidence and certainty in speaking that no matter what? Because that's going to be the pinnacle that is the change, Mm. that is the change for all of
0: us as a collective, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. And one thing that came up in my session that I, I did with my own coach the other day was this whole idea of fitting into a system. We went back to a lot of like my, my high school days and I, I fucking hated school. I just hated it. I hated the fact that we all had to wear uniforms. Yeah. I hated the fact that we all had to just sit there and like put our hands up. I was like, we're all just blending into one person. There was no individuality. There was just so much bullying if you were different. It yeah. didn't make sense to me. Like I couldn't, the way that I saw life then was very, very different and my coach brought it up it was like you you've tried your whole life to fit into a system that just doesn't fit you yeah and it just brought up all of these things from school of like i was so rebellious in school because i was like this system doesn't fit me for some people yes maybe but it doesn't fit me the way that we have to sit there the way that we, the things that we wear just the way that the kids are like it just doesn't feel right for me and so i've i got so used to coming up against a system that i felt i didn't belong in and feeling yes. this resistance with that and that's just carried through my whole life of this feeling of like i have to really fight to try and fit in yes because i'm always coming up against this system and i just thought it was so interesting and it kind of plays into what you're saying is i feel like we're entering this this season especially with the rise of human design and mm. people realizing what their soul blueprint is their energetic blueprint is like for some people, the hustle is good. If you're a you know, manifesting generator, you might actually really enjoy the hustle, the dust till dawn work. For people like myself, who is a projector, are you a projector as well? A manifester. Oh, you're a manifester. So projectors aren't designed to hustle all the time. We actually, we're not here to do the hard work. We're here to guide. We're here to direct. We're here to mentor. And so for me, when I had that realization of hang on a minute, the whole world is in this hustle mode. But as a projector, I actually do best when I work four to five hours a week And I actually have a lot of rest and I can direct. And it just has completely transformed how I show up in business because it's given me that that I don't need to do it how everyone else does it. And it's okay to do it in my energetic blueprint. And naturally that puts me more in alignment with who I really am and my my essence, my soul. And so therefore it's easier for me to magnetize opportunities to me. It's Mm, amazing. I love that. Yeah. And Mm. one thing as well is... The personal development space, when you were speaking about this kind of hustle, hustle, we have to look at like the beginning of the personal development space, where there was just this thing of like, you've got to work for it, you've got to, it's, it's almost like, because it's personal development, people think it's always going to be in your best interest, but there is so much noise in the personal development space, there are so many people that are still anchored into that, that hustle mentality and that hardworking mentality that are actually really contaminating the truth of what personal development and growth is. And it's so <laughs> unique,
1: right? Like that's, that's, I think like any industry, there can be huge levels of toxicity within it. And I, I see that within personal development. There is so, I, I really believe that a lot of the personal development space is just bypassing the real work, mm-hmm. right? It's it's really avoidance masked in positive mindset. Mm-hmm. And I yeah and I I encourage people to really just disconnect from the noise because like like anything what we're consuming most of is going to literally dictate what we're experiencing so um, we have to understand that we're all so unique in the way that we are creating in this life you know something that I've recently sort of tuned into and have been testing up with my coach is How many of us are actually here for greatness and are here with extreme purpose and mission? And it's only 20% of the globe. There's 80% of the globe that are in fact here for a good life, that are actually happy with going to work and doing the do and being happy. There's only very few of us, 20% that are here with huge mission, with huge purpose that are truly made for greatness. And that's not, I don't speak into that from a hierarchical perspective, it's just what's within our soul. So we can't expect someone that is here that is content with that, what, you know, a lot of people would consider to be mediocre. We can't expect them to have the same approach or same intrinsic motivation or same knowing as the person that knows that their soul was here to create huge amounts of change. Mm -hmm. And I've really learned that throughout my journey because from the moment that I was, you know, from a a little girl, like I knew that I was here for something big, Mm -hmm. right? And it wasn't necessarily big from an external perspective. It was big from what I'm here to become, what I'm here to embody, what I'm here to teach, And there's always been that knowing within me and no matter how much I've tried to avoid it over my life, I've never been able to run from it It always keeps coming and hitting me in the face. And so for me throughout that journey, I've learned that I can't have the expectation that people feel the way that I feel you know, that they're going to have the same level of leverage and motivation as what I do. And that's where this understanding that we're so unique in our capabilities and we're so unique in what our passions and intentions are that we can't do a one-size-fits-all. Yeah. Mm. And
0: so how have you really been able to open up to this and be liberated as the leader that you are? What, what is the? Was there a particular turning point in your life when you were like, things need to change or I'm seeing myself differently. Like, tell me a little bit more about that. I think there's been multiple moments. One
1: of the big pinnacle moments was when I I was um, with my ex-husband from the age of 17. So I feel like I literally went to from my parents' care and their blueprint of the world to my husband's care and his blueprint of the world, right? It was almost like I never had a chance or I chose to never have an opportunity to discover that for myself mm. and so then I was married by the time I was 21 I became a mum at the age of 22 and I really just fell into other people's ideal of what it was supposed to be not that I have one regret of any of it because it's perfect the way that it was in so many learnings but I went through throughout our relationship. There was it was um, there was a lot of things that we had to face, um, and I won't go into details of those pieces. But coming out the back end of that relationship, eleven years later, it was almost like I experienced this liberation, and I saw myself for the first time. Because throughout that relationship, I allowed myself to be very suppressed, and I didn't come forth and speak truth because I allowed fear to get the better of me. Right. And coming out the back of that, I was like, "Wow, I actually do have opinions, and I actually do get knowledge. All these truths that are within me that I now get to embody." And so that was almost like the beginning of discovering myself. That's where I chose to step into the personal development space. Um, and I think that over over the years since then, there's been multiple moments where I've truly found a new part of me that uh, it, it, it's being brought forth and even the last couple of months that have been that becoming a mum for the second time um, and giving birth to you know jonah's now 10 weeks old which i can't believe but even through his birth i discovered something new within myself you know we had a home birth and it was um i there's no words that even describe that but i got to meet myself in this new level of my own feminine power Mm. and since then there's been like this embodiment process of learning to be that consistently mm. so yeah I think multiple moments is the answer
0: mm, that's so beautiful yeah. and I can't wait to meet the little bubba tomorrow yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so oh I can't remember what my question was I'm just thinking about the little baby now <laughs> <laughs> um, For anyone that's listening that's like, yes, I also feel I have this greatness here. I feel like I'm part of that 20%. I feel like I'm a leader, but I'm not sure exactly how to fully step up into that. What can you kind of share that might help them to be like, right, now is my time. Now is the time I decide to be the exception, the one. Like I'm going to step up and and write my own story. That's a question.
1: I think that a lot of the teachings that I use because I, you you know, what I teach is like strategic because when it comes to business the strategic and mechanical is great but all systems and processes in place
0: if you can hear me you're just breaking up a little bit yeah uh
1: okay yeah I can hear you now (laughs) okay oh (laughs) she's disappeared oh here we go
0: I think you're on mute if you can hear me you're on mute is that better okay yes okay we're back there's gonna be a little dip in the podcast where I was just like, oh she's gone (laughs) so yeah sorry speaking into that question okay so I think that um
1: you know a lot of the teachings that I use are in fact the greatest way that we get to reach that space of knowing what is within our soul. So just to give a little bit of context, like what I do in business is only such a small minute, you know, from the strategic and mechanical side of things, it's such a small part of the process. Energetics is the rest, right? And we've got to be completely aligned and know who we are and what we're here for in order, in order for any of the strategy and mechanical work to, to be effective. Mm -hmm. So um, I think the most potent process is knowing the law of attraction and the law of attraction, the way that I speak about it is being a witness to everything that comes into your reality as something that you have attracted in order to heal and to feel a part of yourself that you're yet to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. So, so many of us outsource everything. We're constantly outsourcing responsibility and blaming and shaming everything outside of us as to the reason why we are not where we want to be. Now, the way that I speak about law of attraction is, okay, you had road rage. Perfect. It's not about the road rage. It's about what emotion is that bringing up within you that you can find full resolution in and then change your reality as it stands. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we have the ability to do that, we're no longer in our life, we're Mm -hmm. witnessing our life. Mm -hmm. And when we witness our life, we're able to see things from a bird's eye perspective, and then heal based on what our reality is showing us is a wound, Mm -hmm. Right. So we accumulate so much throughout our life and a lot of it. Yes, there is a lot of personal. There's there's a context that I use in healing. There's three types of healing. There's personal healing, there's collective healing and there's generational healing. So, yes, a lot of it, especially between the age of zero and 10 is things that we have, you know, consumed or adapted or been a witness to from our parents or the people that have been the strongest maternal and paternal figures in our life. So then we've got our own personal healing, things that we've been exposed through throughout our life that have you know, created wounds within us. So understanding that healing journey, we're then able to see that a lot of who we think we are is not in fact us. It's, in fact, what our parents have said or what our parents were. It's what society says or the people in our proximity thought we were. And then it's a matter of going, OK, so under all of that, under all of those layers, who am I? I feel like I am here for something great. But the world and my family have told me that I'm pretty mediocre, in fact, because that's their perception of themselves. So the journey for that person to truly understand what is within their soul and what they're purpose is here is really allowing the external world to show them layers that they can peel back that they can shed right and the more that we shed those layers the more the, the closer we are getting to the purity of our soul mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely everything you just said I was like nodding ferociously in the back I was like yes, <laughs> yes, yes. because it resonates true for me as well and I actually had this um conversation with a friend last night he keeps experiencing these situations where he feels very Mm underappreciated and it's showing up in all different areas of his life you know externally and he's feeling it internally and I just said to him and I was like wow I'm so excited for you to to bring this to resolution because you'll Mm -hmm. notice how people your circumstances will completely change and he was like oh are you saying that this is my fault and I'm like not in the way that you're perceiving it right now, but we do have to take responsibility that our external world is a reflection of our inner world. So when we are triggered by something, we can feel the trigger, but we can also be responsible for the fact of, okay, if I'm feeling something within my body right now, it means that it's my shit to deal with. Yeah. Because that's the thing is if it wasn't, and and this is the thing, I like to just strip it back and make it really like logical. If you're feeling anger about something, why make someone else, the cause of that anger when the anger is inside your body, like you are yeah. experiencing it. So mm-hmm. although they might've been the catalyst, it is something you are experiencing internally, which means it's something for you to look at, for you to adjust and kind of, you know, obviously reiterate where you're going. Um, I want to speak more into this letting go process, because I think that that's really what trips people up is this, <clears throat> like they keep kind of coming up against this resistance, this force against them Mm. rather than asking themselves the question, what am I actually ready to let go of? What am I ready to surrender into? And I can't remember, you said something which was so beautiful when you said to your friend about, it's more about releasing- um, letting go of the reins. Yeah. Letting go of the reins. So can you speak more into that? How can people actually let go of the reins? How can they surrender? How can they get in the practice of letting go? Faith.
1: Honestly, I feel like it sums it up in one word. And you know, whatever it is that you believe in—for me, it's God—but you know, universe, source, Allah, Buddha, whatever it is that you believe in, it's really turning it over and knowing that there is something bigger than you that has your back. Right? That everything that you have declared, that everything that you've been working towards, has not been done in vain. Mm-hmm that there is something bigger than you that is working behind the scenes. And when we fully have the ability to let go, you know, I want to use like manifestation as as like a little bit of a frame for this. It's almost like if I said to you, Em, I'm going to deposit a million dollars into your bank account tomorrow. And you're like, oh, sweet. There would be a knowing and a certainty within you that it was on its way. Or I could say to you, I've already deposited the money. It should clear tomorrow you would feel like this certainty and this letting go and this surrender because you know the monies are going to appear in your bank account tomorrow. Whereas what a lot of people do, they declare that they want something and instead of sitting in the knowing of it, they're going, what more do I have to do? Holy shit, I've got to take more action. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to do this. And they're working from this place of scarcity and force. That's not embodying the belief that you know it's on its way. Mm-hmm. right so really remembering that in the moments where you feel like you've got to have like this white knuckled grip and going hang on I've done all the pieces I followed the breadcrumbs I know that everything that I'm asked for is on its way so now it's just a matter of letting go
0: of the reins hmm mm-hmm absolutely Mm. and it's that void space that I mentioned earlier that's what people struggle to hold they struggle to hold the energy without the evidence but the energy comes before the evidence and I use this in a course I was teaching with um, my clients the other day that it's almost like imagine you're baking a cake right and it takes like 30 minutes and every five minutes you're opening the door well what happens when you open the oven door to check on the cake all the heat comes out yeah and it takes longer so every time you're going in and checking that cake, it's like, oh, hang on a minute. When you have that doubt of, oh, my God, where is it? Is it still coming? Is this for me? It's like you keep opening the oven door and the heat's coming out and it's just taking longer because the universe is then going, oh, wait, do you want it? Oh, OK, you do. OK. Oh, oh, wait, do you want it? And so it's kind of like this this compound effect where we have to be able to hold the energy without the evidence so fucking powerfully and strongly. Oh. That we don't keep opening the oven door.
1: That's big, right? Like that is so much easier said than done, Mm. right? And I feel like the biggest piece in that is dropping out of the mind into our body consistently. Mm. You know, I say to my clients, don't ever try to tune in to get an answer for something intuitively when you're in a bad state of mind.
0: Mm.
1: Because if we're in the monkey mind going round in circles, creating stories it's really hard to differentiate between what's the truth and what's our, our bullshit.
0: hundred mm-hmm. percent. And this is the thing is your ego will feel like the truth. The illusion, the lies that your ego is telling you will feel so much like truth that you're like, this is it, this is it, this is it. And it's like, no, like take a step. Back. And that's where it comes back to almost differentiating between your identity as who you are as Krista, who I am as Emma and the truth of who we are, which is conscious awareness in a physical form. And so it's kind of when we have that awareness and we can become the witness of our experience, we can listen to the thoughts, we can acknowledge the doubt and the fear as it comes in, but we get to choose whether we feed our energy and attention into it. Mm. And I kind of feel it's like, it's like, one thing I'm really hot on is where we're investing our energy,
1: Mm.
0: because whatever is the leading energy in our life is what will become our experience. So if you're having that fear and your doubt and you're putting so much energy and attention into it and you're giving it so much airtime
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you're allowing it to just take over your life, then of course, it's going to be the leading energy and that will be your experience. Yeah. But if you acknowledge the fears and the doubts and you're like, okay, I can hold an energy so big that the successes and the failures can both exist.
1: Mm.
0: The, the faith and the fear can both exist. And so I'm going to choose what the leading energy is, which is the faith. And when the fear comes in, I'm going to acknowledge it, allow it to be there, but I'm not going to give it attention and energy because I actually know it's just my ego doing its thing of trying to predict and protect, which is simply an illusion because it's not the truth of who I am.
1: Mm, I love that. Mm. I
0: love that. (laughs) And
1: I think, you know, even on that, sometimes when we make that declaration of what we desire, it's a matter of being present enough to notice the signs of it being on its way. Mm. You know, the intricate moments, the sensations within our body, because it's almost like sometimes, so that we're in avoidance of actually being in our mind, we're keeping ourselves busy and we're really allowing ourselves to not be in the present moment. Mm. But when we make that declaration and we can be present in every moment that passes us by, we're able to see the signs that it is on its way.
0: Mm. And that might
1: be in nature,
0: mm. right? And and one thing going back to this surrender as well, one thing that I've come to realize because surrender is more of a feminine quality, I would say it's more of this trust in the unknown and dancing with the mystery of life. And I see and work with so many women that struggle with this trust and surrender piece. And going back to what you said before, a lot of people say, no, I do trust. I do have faith. I do know it's coming, but they're still opening that oven door every now and then. And I'm like, well, you don't you don't it's like when people you're say like, "I'm surrendering <laughs> to, 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 to right knuckles <laughs> gripping onto the side of the cliff, like i'm doing it, i'm doing it and it's like you know when people say i'll forgive but i'll never forget like yeah. oh i'll forgive him but i won't forget and it's like that's not forgiveness no you're still gripping on you're not fully forgiving you're not fully in the vibration of frequency of acceptance you can yeah. see my incidents coming through it's like <laughs> it's like a smoke machine that? i love it um <laughs> And so the thing is, when people really struggle to to trust and surrender is I've come to realize it's this fear of disappointment and the fear of disappointment. Either this is what I've realized, either will come from this place of feeling like you are very different, feeling like you're the black sheep in the family, Mm -hmm. feeling like at some point you being in, you know, you being born into your family system was a disappointment. Maybe you're very different to your brother and sister. So what they can achieve and accomplish is different to you. Maybe you're born into a family of logical thinkers and you're super creative and you're like, hang on a minute, I feel like I'm a disappointment to my family. And so there will be this struggle to fully let go and trust because you are you have this fear of being a disappointment. Mm. So I see trust and disappointment as being one and the same. I also think it's very common in women in general because we want to be good mothers. We want to be good wise you know we want to be able to really support the masculine and do all of these things and again I think this is a generational thing of we have this fear of being a disappointment and not being able to to and what's coming through right now as I'm saying it is you know I think women do have this thing of they want to be chosen by a man so Mm -hmm. they want to be everything that a man would want and so they would run away from anything that feels like they could look or Be perceived as a disappointment because they want to be chosen and they want that man to choose them for the rest of their life, type of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of like a deeply embedded thing, like generationally, and, you know, for my ancestors. And so I think that's what really stops a lot of women from trusting and surrendering. And so when you can actually look at, okay, well, if I'm not fully surrendering and I'm not fully letting go of this part of my identity or letting go of this relationship or letting go of this belief that doesn't feel, you know, good for me, look at where you might feel look at where there might be a fear of disappointment Mm. also look at this is another interesting piece i think when it comes to creating the life that you desire is what do you truly truly want and is there any part of you that feels bad or wrong for the having or being of that Mm. i love that yeah that's one thing that was huge in my life is i was like i've always really struggled well not anymore but i used to really struggle to know exactly what i wanted Mm-hmm. And I realized it's because there was a part of me that felt like me wanting or having that would be bad or wrong and so I would do anything to just stay in my my comfort and my small zone and not step up into the powerful leader that I truly am because of yeah. that.
1: So what I what I have realized um quite recently with even what I've traversed is um something that I'll put it put in here that I think is quite relevant I speak you know when I'm teaching my clients I speak about spheres of consciousness and the theme of the first sphere is moving beyond fear really allowing ourselves to become fearless in every aspect of our lives and you know when my coach brought this to me and she was like Krista you you're buying into the fear Mm -hmm. and I was like I was so triggered I was like fuck you I'm fearless Have you seen what I do in business? I'm like, I'm amazing. But what I saw was like in conversations, right, where I was not willing to bring forth the truth Mm -hmm. or um, in engagements where I fell into people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And so quite recently, I've moved from the first sphere to the second sphere. And the theme of the second sphere is truth. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really relevant to women. And it was particularly relevant to me is when you are ultimately committed to the truth, no matter what, And I don't mean the truth identified by someone's perception, the truth of what you can see from a higher level of consciousness, right? Like when you are coming up against someone's trauma or when you are coming up against someone's wounds and your ability to see what is really there and your ability and willingness to bring that forth, that's bringing forth the truth. And sometimes that's really fucking disruptive. But what I find for women is they're so used to suppressing whatever it is that they see because All women have an amazing intuition. We have a knowing, we have a wisdom. And I was so in denial of that, that I wasn't allowing it to come forth in the truth because me creating disruption is in fact, such a huge catalyst to someone's growth. And so I think that, yeah, I could do it easily with my clients. Could I do it with my fiance? No. Could I do it with my ex-husband? No right there was so much trepidation in that but I can see why women aren't willing to bring that forth because when we're willing to be committed to truth in every single moment there are a lot of people that leave our lives
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right and we're so conditioned psychologically to fit the herd you know if we go back and look at when a baby's born into the world the baby won't survive unless it's accepted, right? It needs physical touch. It needs love. You know, if it's not fed by the nurturing mother, the baby will die. And there's been studies that show just the physical touch and having, you know, skin to skin time, that alone improves its immune system. And without that, the babies can die just merely from not having that physical touch. So we're born into this world with this idea that, it actually does challenge our survival Mm -hmm. but what a lot of people do instead of unraveling that they bring it through to their adulthood and they're constantly needing to fit and be accepted because unconsciously we're relating that to our survival and if we're not accepted we'll die so I think that there has to be a willingness to not be accepted and it's not just as matter a matter of saying, well, I've got that willingness and I'm now I'm okay with not being accepted. It's a matter of meeting all of the parts of yourself that are masking that actually being felt in a bodily way.
0: Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And even when you just said that then, like in a bodily way, this is one thing that's interesting is before we're thought perception beings we are somatic perception beings with felt perception so often we do have to go you know beyond the level of mind and into that somatic experience to really rewire any of those feelings of not being accepted before we became thought perception beings in you know in childhood something you said then about being disruptive that is just such a big theme in my life especially that's what life uncaged is all about is actually being disruptive and being that that kind of chain breaking energy and I think what holds a lot of women especially back from that is this good girl mask (laughs) because the good girl mask allows us to be loved and accepted by our partners and loved and accepted by society and loved and accepted in our jobs and so this is where we really create these people-pleasing identities which in itself is very manipulative because we're trying to portray ourselves as someone who's nice and lovable so we can be accepted. But really it's like, well, what's your actual truth? Like where is there rage there that you're ready to express? And where is there, you know, your dark femme, how can you really tap into that to use that as this beautiful disruptive energy to create massive transformation in the world? So I think that's what really holds people back. And I did a, a session with my client the other day and it was all around this permission piece for her to create trouble because she's naturally very rebellious and and disruptive in nature. But because she was the black sheep in her family, she always really held it in and suppressed that, that rebellious nature. And I just said to her, like, you've got to go out there and create some fucking trouble. And it was this whole thing about being permission. And now she's just opening up in all other areas of her life, especially intimately in her romantic relationships, because she's finally given herself permission to be disruptive. And disruptive isn't necessarily you know, taking people down or, or causing, you know, uh, bad kind of energy, disruptive is just disrupting what is already there. It's shaking things up. It's allowing people to see okay. things from a different perspective. So I think even the association with the word disruptive has a lot of negative connotations with it, but it's not. We're, we are here to disrupt the system. Well, I think that it really comes back to the intention behind it, right? In my disruption, I'm well aware
1: of all of the disruption I I. I create is from a loving place
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right so it's it's being a stand for truth Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and not moving from that and then asking yourself what is my intention behind this what's my intention in bringing this truth forward I know that this is going to create disruption but having the ability to have foresight on what that disruption what change that is going to create Mm -hmm. and that's where the loving comes forward you know different Mm -hmm. creating disruption and you know going and sleeping with a married man okay that's unloving disruption Mm -hmm. right so it's really
0: assessing where it's coming from Yeah, yeah. This this is why we're soul sisters, and everything you say, I'm like, it's like you're speaking Uh like for me. And I always say that to people because everything is contextual, and like, it doesn't matter so much what it is that you say or what it is that you do. It's the intention behind it, which is what matters, because that's the receiving energy. It's like in business when you want to, you know, call in more money. Is it coming from that place of need and lack of? Oh my God, I need this client so I could pay my bills. Or is it coming from the desire of I'm so like excited to be of service and the the financial exchange that this is all depends on the intention behind it, which is the energy that you'll receive if we go back to, you know, the law of attraction. And just one thing that I want to put in there, something that I say on a really regular basis
1: is where you create from is what you're creating. And I think that that's so apt in so many aspects of our life, like whether it's a relationship or whether it's our business or whether it's a piece of content, no matter what it is, the energy that we create from is mm. what we're creating more of. Mm. So if we're creating a relationship from foundations of purity, mm. foundations of truth. We're going to be creating more of that but if those if we've created a relationship from lack from scarcity from insecurity we're also going to be creating more of that as well
0: mm, exactly and this is why it's so important to really develop that self-awareness so Absolutely. we can be the witness and we can actually really navigate and not feed into the energies that are going on internally when you mentioned connection then as well like that is just such a huge piece and I think a lot of us as adults are still desiring to this is one thing I've really been exploring in the last like year and a half is this connection with our family system and Mm -hmm. no matter the relationship you have with your primary caregivers whether it's a good relationship whether it's a negative relationship there will i work with people so often, and even myself included, where we stay at the the comfortable level of where we're at, like financially and in relationships and everything else, because we're still desiring to be relatable to the family system that we were born into. We're desiring to still receive that connection, that love and that recognition. And there is almost this fear when we do want to create the life of our desires and expand and, you know, have a greater impact and success. I do believe that there's this kind of little part of us that's like, Oh, hang on a minute. But if I do this, am I, am I going to be unrelatable to my family? I still want my mom to love me. I still want my dad to love me. I still want, I still want to fit into the family system. And that's one thing I unconsciously that I do a lot of work on with clients because we have to give ourselves permission to outgrow our parents. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel
1: like that, especially when you're here committed to a growth journey, that's going to be at so many stages of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, firstly, yeah, it's our parents and our siblings, and then secondly, it's the proximity of people that we associate with. Mm. And I feel, you know, even recently with the up-leveling that I've been through, I'm just really becoming aware of who I'm engaging with because I, I have a very deep understanding that people aren't going to get it. Mm. And it's almost like finding the okay in that. Mm. You know, and that doesn't mean that it, it's better or worse. It's not hierarchy. Mm. You know, it's just an understanding and a compassion that, okay, I just see things differently, and that's okay. Mm. And I want different
0: things, and that's okay. Mm. And what's so powerful about that is, have you ever felt misunderstood in your life? Has that been like a thing? Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing, like same here. And it's like because we see life very differently, we're kind of all, always searching for this need to be understood and seen and heard in how we see the world. When we come to the acceptance that we're not for everyone. And that was a big realization for me, is that I'm especially as a projector, like we're either loved or we're hated. Like we're not here for everyone because we do see things so beyond, like I will meet someone and I don't just meet their ego, like I see their soul. So I see the truth of who they are. And that's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. And I I often like pierce through illusions, and that's very uncomfortable. So people might be like, Holy shit, your energy is too much for me. I can't deal with this. And so One thing i've come to realize is that the people that are ready to receive me and hear me and see me will and for everyone else it just doesn't matter because the most important thing for me is that i understand who i am and i stand in my truth and not everyone else has to understand that and i think when you shift in that way you start to align with the people that do see you and, and and hear you and can understand you at a certain level and anyone that doesn't you allow you can coexist with them but you're not kind of searching or seeking for that understanding anymore. And so there's a less resistance in your relationships.
1: Definitely. But if you have a look at anyone, any person on this planet that has created huge change, Mm. they weren't seeking acceptance, right? It wasn't, Oh, I need my mom and dad to approve of this, you know, look at Elon Musk or any of the people that have just been trailblazers in what they've created. Mm. they were the first of their kind Mm. and when we're the first of our kind there's going to be a huge amount that we have to move through Mm. but it's Mm. almost like remembering that and having the willingness to just traverse that
0: journey and the acceptance that sometimes it's going to be hard Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. i love that like i'm feeling that in every cell and fiber of my being and This is where, you know, this is where we move from being influenced by our circumstances to being influenced by our inner being and being able to be independent from our current circumstances to see what we desire to create in the world. It's that move from circumstantial power to personal power. It's okay. my circumstances are like this right now, which is giving rise to a desire for me to innovate, for me to create something different. And how can I sustain the energy of that? that desire to create something different, to make this world a better place? How can I be so anchored into that frequency and that energy that that is the leading energy and that's that will then become my, my circumstance? And I think yeah. that's what really trips people up when it comes to creating the life that they desire is they're so anchored into their current circumstances yeah. that they're really lacking that personal power and belief that they can make a change. Things can be different, but it doesn't come from your external circumstances first. It comes from this internal being and this knowing Absolutely. and this trust
1: you've you've totally got a, I think that majority of the world are so driven by their physical reality and it's like instead of seeing it to believe it we have to believe it first right mm. and what I found like even for myself personally it's almost like what's happening happening in my reality is now irrelevant because I've practiced this for so long mm-hmm. it's like the only reality that I buy into is what I want mm this it's almost like I'm living on and this is where I say I understand that a lot of people probably don't get it and Mm -hmm. I don't speak to everyone about it because I understand that people are gonna go what you're fucking nuts Mm -hmm. but I don't even I'm not even concerned with what the physical reality is doing this linear timeline of what we've become accustomed to I'm only buying into this future Mm -hmm that I know is mine and this is my desired outcome. And right now I have no physical evidence of that being the case, but that is the only thing that I am aligning myself to. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Right. And that's the magic. That's where we're able to have magic running through our fingertips. Mm -hmm. Because when we have that level of knowing and belief, it falls into our physical reality in the click of a finger.
0: Mm -hmm. Getting so many buzzes. I fucking love conversations like this. And this is the thing is that that's what trips people up is they don't have the courage to sustain the energy of, of being in that void and not being there. And then they keep questioning, well, why isn't this my reality yet? Why isn't it my reality yet? And it's like, just sustain it that little bit longer, you know, like hold that energy with so much belief. And, and I like the idea cause I'm an Aries. So I like to kind of like, I like challenges. I like to overcome stuff, challenge yourself, Like literally make it a game and be like, oh, my God, if this is what I want to create, how much can I be so committed to this energy that anything that does not align with that that commitment and that energy, I'm just going to completely not give my attention and focus. And I'm going to see how much my life fucking changes. And there is no time limit on this. There is no, oh, it's going to take 10 days or it's going to take 30 days. It's going to take a year. It doesn't matter because it's not about the time. It's about alignment. It's about how fast can I align with this? And your alignment depends on, you know, there being the least resistance possible. So if you focus your full attention and energy into sustaining the desire of what you want to create and releasing any resistance to it, especially externally, but also internally, Mm -hmm. you align with it fast and then time doesn't even matter and you're living a life that doesn't make sense. (laughs) Exactly. It's more
1: a question of how would you be if it was already done and then just be
0: that, Mm. Mm -hmm. exactly and I think with that it's like this like full like two feet in like how can I be that two feet in like with my full being like with every inch of my soul yeah and that's where the difference is and not allowing one thing that I've been really exploring with the last six months is leaky energy and distraction yeah it takes a lot of willpower to not be distracted by your ego, to not be distracted by people in your life, to not be distracted by things that are happening that could be bringing you down. Leaky energy. What energy cords do you need to cut with people? What habits do you need to completely transform? Like just cut the leaky energy and be so fully committed to that, which is, you know, which you desire as if it's already done. And I just think it's, you know, it makes logical sense. It's the law. Absolutely. and so in closing of this episode to go kind of all into that thing of um, people creating the life that they desire and having it all how can you speak into you know especially women specifically being able to have the relationship and the business that they desire what kind of advice do you have to to speak into that I think the biggest thing is not settling like
1: there is nothing too big right? And so many of us have just even allowed ourselves to cap our imagination. But if you face the world, allow yourself to be in the world with that childlike wonder of like, what if anything was possible? What would it look like? If I really sit down and create this dream life, if I envision it, how would it look without any ceilings? And so... I think that a lot of people can create that sometimes. Not, I shouldn't say a lot. But some people can create that. But then on the journey of attaining that, they settle. Right. And they settle for it's almost like, oh, okay, I'm ready for my soulmate. I'm ready for that person to appear in my reality. And then, you know, some random comes along and it's like, oh, nope, I'm going to have that instead. I'll just mm. settle for that. Mm. So it's almost like holding that vision so potently that anything that comes in as a distraction, as uh, something that could, you know, pull us off track, just being able to say no, Mm. but also understanding that that vision that you've created, that big dream that you have in every aspect, what do you have to become in order to hold it? What do you have to let go of? You know, one one big piece that I feel like is something I really embody is I can have the dream life. I can have all of the pieces. And what I'm living now was once my dream life. It keeps getting bigger. Mm. But I can know that all of that's available. But I'm also okay with the journey of what I have to let go of. From an identity perspective from a belief perspective and that's really the magic understanding the law of attraction everything that we're attracting into our reality is an opportunity for us to feel and to heal something and sometimes the things that we're attracting is letting go of you know our resistance to change or our resistance to bigness or greatness But using that as the compass to witness everything that needs to fade away, everything that needs to be eliminated. So first step is the knowing of what that looks like without a ceiling. Second step is not settling for anything you know is not true for you. And third and most important step is understand that you have to become something bigger you have to increase your capacity to hold this life and that comes through the willingness to shed parts of you that are no longer needed that no longer align
0: Mm. I love that I love that and that's the thing is something I speak about a lot is anchoring into a purpose beyond yourself so you can grow into it yeah So many people are holding a context for their lives that is so small, so narrow. And it's like, well, how can you expand that? And allow yourself to grow into it. Because when you anchor into that higher vision, that higher purpose, the universe will move everything in favor of you aligning with that. And it could be something so big that you're like, I don't even know how this is going to happen. But this is what I believe is vibrating through my body, through my soul. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to anchor into this. And the more I anchor into this with unwavering faith, the more it will become my reality. And allow yourself to grow into it. It doesn't have to be in the now. Allow your life to be growth over your entire life, not just in this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> so if people want to connect with you more, when, where can they connect with you? Oh, usually socials
1: is probably the best place. Um, Chris Dottier on all social media channels. And I, um, yeah, I love, I love having a chat and getting to know people so they can come and say hello over there.
0: Amazing, and I'll drop all your links down in the show notes below as well. So, those of you listening, if you've enjoyed today's podcast episode, which I really believe you will, because I think that there's a lot of beautiful frequencies that have come through today, um, then definitely screenshot, share on your social media, tag myself at Emma Zia and at Krista Tia. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And yeah, thank you so much, Krista. It's been such a pleasure to have you on, and I'm excited to see you tomorrow and to meet little Bubba. Yes. <laughs> and- Thanks for having me, beautiful yeah you're so welcome and thank you just just i just want to celebrate you for for being such a gift and for sharing all your wisdom and listening to everything you've said today is just so potent so powerful so beautiful and yeah your presence is just such a gift thank you beautiful
1: thank you (laughs) i'll speak to you soon